Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new week of the Bonafide Legal Podcast. Bonafide Legal Podcast is a podcast to help attorneys and business owners with time management and lifestyle tips. I'm a wife, mother, movie enthusiast, fan of a great deal, restaurant lover, follower of many television shows, fashionista, and overall in love with popular culture. Besides all this, I'm a lawyer. I've been a lawyer for 20 years. Throughout my practice, I struggled day by day to find balance between work and life. I do not have a magic answer on how to balance life in the law and life outside the law, but over the years, I've developed tips for living your best life and enjoying work and time off. This week's podcast, I am calling court sleep repeat and it's based on my last seven days that I had um, in in my practice so as everyone knows from last week's podcast I was in New Orleans from the 4th to the 8th and I came back on um, the evening of the 8th and I worked all weekend the 9th and the 10th And how did it go this week? It went, I got through it, but I wanted to talk about it because it kicked my butt. So after I had worked, I worked a full day on Saturday, um, going through mountains of mail, uh, cleaning up emails. And I had checked emails the entire time I was on my trip, but when I got back, there were things that had to be handled, where it was an email that required a call or a letter or documents printed or a file started or something. So the email was just kind of sitting there while I was gone. And um, it took forever to get through the mail. Like it probably took me a good hour and a half. And just getting to work on I had a bunch of like little things that had to be done and I did all that like on Saturday and Sunday so then the week starts with where I hate the week to start my least least favorite thing is in the world is when I have court on a Monday morning Monday afternoons a little bit more palatable because I can come in in the morning kind of get my bearings and then take off for court But when you have court on Monday morning, you leave from the house to court and you just know that the Monday morning pile up is happening. And generally, Mondays will be the most busy day for the phones. Sporadically, um, a Wednesday and a Thursday are can be very, very busy. And I, I think that's people trying to get stuff done before the end of the week. And then Fridays is a crapshoot. Friday can be the busiest phone day you've ever seen, or it can be super quiet. So I attribute it to two things. Either it's a day where people are trying to get things done before the weekend comes, or people have already left for the weekend. So last week was a week where I'd been gone for a week, and then Monday morning, the first workday back, it was out of the gate, headed to court, and then headed to a trial in the afternoon. And then so Tuesday was, this was probably my least favorite day. Tuesday, I started off at bankruptcy court in the morning, which is in downtown Phoenix. 
And then I had to drive all the way up to Prescott, which is about an hour and a half north of Phoenix, um, from the northernmost part of Phoenix. So about two hours from downtown Phoenix where I was. In the rain, Arizona rarely, get, rarely gets rain. We've been having a ton of rain. And cold, cold too. It was like in the 30s and the 40s. And then my most, one of my most favorite activities that comes around every year with my son's season's tickets for the last four years, they've done a son's fantasy camp where we get to do drills with the players. So in order to make it, I had to drive all the way back from Prescott, past my house to downtown Phoenix. I had packed a duffel bag with exercise clothes. I picked up my nephew on the way back through and ended up being about an hour late. I was I was very bummed, but and I missed some drills, but was still able to participate, so that worked out well. But I calculated I was probably in the car about a solid six hours. And so Wednesday was a day of meetings. I actually didn't have court, but I had seven meetings. It was just back-to-back. Someone came in, left, someone came out, people were coming out on top of each other, and got through it. And then Thursday... Three more hearings, Um, a hearing in the morning, a hearing mid-morning, a hearing in the afternoon, and I finally make it back to Phoenix. And then Friday, I had a telephonic hearing and then squeezed in a few more meetings at the end of the day. So what, how do you handle a week like that? And I'm going to talk about how I handled it. Like, like I've said, I don't know if I'm, if I'm doing it right. But I want to share what I did and then and how I approach this weekend as well. So getting through the week, it was just survival, just trying to stay on top of everything that was happening, anything that new came through the door, and um, also just dealing with the with being gone for the week. And I got through the week, like just did it. But how did I feel by Friday? By Friday, I was a an exhausted mess. I got out of the office late on Friday, which I hate. And one of the things I want to say about Friday, if you can do it, take a half day. I try to the greatest extent possible to either not schedule anything on a Friday or to schedule it early so I can get out of there at a decent time. So none of that was happening because everything that I had to schedule was in the afternoon. And then I ended up on a couple long telephone calls at the end of the day and ended up getting out of there at 5.30. So what can you do after that? I had been talking to um, my adult daughters all week and um, my, my youngest daughter and you know felt like I hadn't seen anybody. And I hadn't seen anybody. I really hadn't seen my husband. I felt like a ship in the night, two ships in the night when it came to him. You know, I'm walking out the door as soon as we get up in the morning. And then when the uh, night comes, I'm coming in late. I had um, that fantasy camp. Uh, My daughter has danced two nights a week. I have training two nights a week. So there was just all this stuff that was happening kind of in the evenings. Um, I have a church community group that I do on Wednesday. So for me, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, those days are 
are just a a bunch of evening activities on top of, you know, everything else that I'm doing during the day. So how do I feel Friday? I I remember when I was young that when I used to work full time and I used to go to school during the evening, when Friday night came, I was ready to party. I was ready to have a good time. And even if it wasn't like maybe going out dancing or, or something that was more on my feet, it was at least going out for dinner. I feel I have left those days behind. And for the most part, unless it's unless it's something that's like a scheduled thing, like a basketball game or scheduled dinner with friends, I'm not trying to get out and, and do anything. I'm too tired even just to go to the movies. It's like sitting there and staring. I'm too tired for it. So what did I do for, for this Friday? I thought as unambitious as I usually am on a Friday anyways, this way even more so. By about 7.30, I got into my pajamas. I cooked an early dinner, talked to my husband, got into my pajamas. I didn't even feel like watching TV. Just my mind was done. So I I have a little book light and um, I was reading a book about Aaron Hernandez that his brother wrote. And I'll talk about that book a little bit later and do a review and recommendation on it. Um, so I finished that book and, you know, read through a couple magazines and just was asleep by 930. So on Saturday, I did my usual. On Saturday, I decreed I am not working. No work. It, by then, it had been seven solid days of long days of work. And the week before that was vacation. But every day during vacation, I did some sort of work. It was usually an hour on email, and I had some um, a very big packet of documents to review to get ready for a case. So I was reviewing that, and I started writing a brief when I was gone. So I would say it was about an hour to two hours of, of work every day. And then also the getting in touch with the office and talking to the office and saying, hey, what's going on? And, you know, someone's calling. They have an emergency all that sort of good stuff. So it was it was working during the vacation. So it was a lot of work. And I finally said Saturday, like no work. I saw my adult kids. <laughs> I hadn't seen them in a while. Just sort of again, like if I, you know, stopped into their work and saw them or was driving one of them around or something like that, just like a quick seeing them. But otherwise, I wasn't seeing them at all. And so I had um, lunch with them, and then we went to um, a movie and saw Captain Marvel. And I'll talk about that movie a little bit later and give it a review and recommendation. I took my walk, uh, took a nice walk. We are having wonderful weather right now. The days are the warmest you'll get during the day is about 70 or 80. So during the day, day, you know, like midday, later afternoon, it is getting warmer. Um, but in the morning when you're taking a walk, it's just as, as lovely as can be. Not that cold like before. And I do walk in the cold. I just bundle up, but you don't have to anymore. And the, uh, everything smells really good and everything's in bloom and it's, it's just wonderful. So that felt great. And by Saturday night, I start to feel that anxiety of the upcoming week because Sunday 
is even though I'm doing fun things and relaxing, I'm consumed with the beginning of the week. And I've tried a lot of things to change my mindset on this. And I would welcome any sort of recommendations that people have. But when I wake up Sunday morning, not so bad. Because Sunday morning, this is my one day of the week, I do not set an alarm. Unless, again, I have somewhere I need to be. But I'm not going to set an alarm. I'm going to sleep until the sun wakes me up or my body wakes me up. And I usually feel like I think I end up sleeping a little bit too long. You know when you've slept too long and you start to have those weirdo dreams? That's what happened to me today. I got up at like maybe 7.30, but I had went to bed pretty early, like 9.30. So it's a lot of sleep. And the last dream I had, I dreamt that a client had called me and had told me that I needed to come to this resort and there was um, a presentation that was happening and I needed to be there. And so I went there and the presentation happened and I was trying to get something to eat and all the food was gone. And it was just one of those anxiety dreams. Like you're trying to get something done. (coughs) Excuse me. And you can't get it done. (coughs) Sorry about that. Also on Sunday, usually Sunday seems to be quieter to me. My gosh, sorry, a tickle in my throat. Sunday is a quieter day for me in terms of family trying to get a hold of me, at least in the very mor- early morning. So usually what I try to do is is cook a breakfast for my daughter and my husband. And this morning I made um, pancakes and veggie sausages. And for... <laughs> The last few weeks, and this will sound so funny, and after I do this podcast, I'm actually going to go do it because I still have a couple hours of sunlight left, maybe an hour or so, an hour and a half. I've just been dying to sit on my patio and read or be on my laptop. A few weeks ago, a friend of mine who moved to another state gave me his patio furniture, and it's furniture that has these nice, soft, big cushions, and it's really comfortable. And I've never had comfortable patio furniture. I've always had like the skinny cushion patio furniture or um, chairs that are like the wiry chairs. Like they're fine, but it's not something that you could really kind of sit and, and chillax in for a while. And also as part of the patio furniture, there's a ton of tabletops, uh, like there's a smaller table and a bigger table and some side tables. So it's it's changed the landscape of my backyard and, and what I can do to enjoy it. If I wanted to just kind of sit out, I used to have to lay out with like just a towel on the ground. But now I can sit in these big comfy chairs, including one that's a chaise lounge. So <laughs> I, I went to church this morning because yesterday I went to the movies and couldn't go to the to the evening church I I missed the times and um from the time I cooked breakfast to the time that I had to pick up my father-in-law I think I had 10 minutes so I set an alarm on my phone and then went out and sat for 10 minutes with a magazine 
I think I've mentioned it before. If not, I'm going to mention it for the first time, or if I've mentioned it before, I'm going to mention it again, because this is something that I use on a daily basis. And I have an Apple Watch, and I usually keep the same face on it. And the face has a has the timer button on it. I set timers all the time for everything. And it really helps keep me accountable. There might be a time where I'm at the office and I'm thinking, I need an an hour to really work on this project. Set a timer, shut the door, put my phone on do not disturb, turn off my email, work on the project. Or if I'm at the office, um, if I have an afternoon hearing, sometimes those can be difficult in the sense that you get rolling on your day and you're, you're, you're answering phone calls, you're doing emails, you're working on a project, and you have a line in the sand when you need to get out of there. And there's been a ton of times where I've said, okay, I need to be out of here at 1230. And all of a sudden 1230 comes and I'm in the middle of a phone call or something like that. So I'll use timers to combat that. I'll set a timer and I'll say, okay, you have an hour and then you, you have to wrap it up. you like, you can't get on another phone call. If you're on a phone call, finish it up. Not a big deal, but I'm giving myself a cushion. So for example, if I have a 1.30 hearing and I really need to leave by 12.30, I tell myself that I need to leave by 12 because if I'm wrapping it up at 12 and if I have one or two small things that I'm doing or I'm gathering up my bag, then that's not a big deal as opposed to I'm leaving at 12.30 and I need all that time and then I'm getting there, you know, in the nick of time. I'd rather get there early um, and, and, you know, have a moment to breathe. I, I can't remember who said it or where I heard this, but I've heard the phrase, if you're not early, you're late. And, and I've started to, to feel that's a really good mantra because there's so many times where I have a hearing that say starts at one It's just better to be there at one. Um, number one, my clients are there. Two, sometimes the judge is kind of looking for you, even though the hearing hasn't started. So no matter when the hearing is, it's just better to be there half an hour early. And maybe with other meetings, that's a a good way to be too. I'll tell you how it will. It'll back other people's earliness will backfire on me. Um, Because at my office, there is this thing where I would say... 70% of the time people show up early. A lot of times it has to do with the location of my office because people think it's farther out than it is and they end up getting there very early. Or I hope it's just a, uh, or I think it's just a natural thing where they hope they'll, you know, catch me early and be able to get out of there early. Um, But when I have the meetings back to back, that can be difficult. So, but I do keep that in mind in my scheduling because I do have a lot of, of early birds on the, on the meetings. Okay. One of my tips for what to do with a, a recovery weekend, which is what I was using this weekend for, was spending some time with my family. I had been spread really thin. I felt like no one was seeing me. 
Um, my adult daughters are very busy now. They both called me on both Saturday and Sunday and wanted to spend time with me on Saturday and Sunday. And we did spend time together. And that's very unusual. So that told me I haven't been available. I haven't been around. Another thing I do for the weekend, I used to do something where I would kind of schedule it every minute. I would do a calendar, um, like 7 o'clock walk, 9 a.m., go to the library. Like it would be scheduled like minute by minute. I don't do that anymore, but I make a little laundry list of what I need to do. And there's some things that are usually always on it as, as long as it's kind of a regular weekend, which is um, grab my weekend mail, um, record a podcast, take a walk, spend some time with my family, go to church, spend some time reading, and then figure out if there's some sort of work that I need to do. Although I do try to take off one day. And usually it's Saturday. And Saturday used to be uh, more of a, a working day for me. It was just an, another work day for me until I burned out. And then I realized that I really needed that Saturday recharge, the walking in the morning, um, spending some time in nature, spending some time in my neighborhood, my community, going to church, seeing some family. And why does Saturday become more important? In my world, Saturday is the only day where I can't have court the next day. So on Sunday, I can have court the next day. It's the only day I can't have court the next day or can have court that day. So Monday through Friday, those are all days I can have court. Sunday, I can have court the next day. So Sunday night, I've used as... A, a time period to get ready if I have to. Although, of course, I would prefer not working on the weekend, although lately, really not been a thing. Um, the, my youngest daughter, I could tell, was so sick of me working because my office is close to my house, and I realized I there was this uh, brief that I wanted to work on, and I left the file sitting next to my desk. I have this little habit of if there's stuff that I'm going to take home, I'll just throw it right next to my chair. So that way when I, I, I get out of my chair, it's there and I just scoop it up and I take it with me. It's actually better than having it on my desk. Um, I seem to forget it more when it's on my desk, but when it's at my feet, I remember it better except for this last Friday, which I attribute to just getting out of the office very late. By the time I got out of the office on Saturday, like it was pushing six o'clock and um, one of my older daughters had walked in and, you know, we were talking and we walked out together. So it did not make sense. Um, it did make sense why I forgot it because I was just uh, so preoccupied. So we stopped at the office and she said, no, mom, don't start answering emails because it's something <laughs> very... Uh, very typical that I do. Like if I stop in the office to pick up a file or to, you know, grab something or I'm trying to think of like some other scenario might be, might be there. It's usually to grab something. I 
will get distracted by something else. Oh, let me just look at my emails really quick, even though I can look at them on my laptop. Or, oh, the message machine on my phone is, um, the message light is answering. Let me just check the messages. So I told her, I said, set a timer. I said, I will be back in 45 minutes. Like I'm literally running in and running out. And I did it pretty much. It, it went to, it was 55 seconds that it took me. I guess I didn't calculate right for unlocking the door. But that's just how every how sick of everyone who is related to me was of how much I've been working. I just wanted to talk, so that's sort of the my scenario of the last week, but I just wanted to talk some tips about it on on slowing down and what you can do and what I need to do to make things a, a little bit better. This morning, I actually, you know, felt I was going to have more motivation, but my um, husband was kind of sitting there and, and then we started talking and I realized um, Showtime was free for the weekend and Molly's game was on. And I don't know if you've ever seen that movie before. If you haven't, it's it's worth it. It's a very fascinating story about this woman named Molly Bloom who starts running this high-risk poker game, high-stakes poker game, and then she gets into some criminal problems with it. And she's a genius, she's a smart lady, and it's all this stuff that happens to her. The reason, too, that I was thinking of it, at the end of the movie, she said something that I liked. She said, success is going from failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm. And in the movie, she says, and it's attributed to to um, Winston Ch- Churchill. So I looked it up, and I guess it's been attributed to Winston Churchill, and it's been attributed to Abraham Lincoln, but it's not, it doesn't appear to be in any of their formal speeches or writings. <coughs> so who knows really where it's from, but I want to say it again because I really, really like it, which is success is going from failure to failure without losing your enthusiasm. And what is any of this that we're doing, but kind of little failures. <laughs> we don't have giant successes on a on a day-to-day basis it's all this kind of getting by which I I I find that just getting by is a failure so every week I reevaluate and try to reset do I really want it to be where um it's court sleep repeat no no I want some sort of normalcy and some sort of schedule but I'm going to be enthusiastic, enthusiastic about it. And that's why I do this podcast, because I really, really want to try to help myself and maybe help others come up with some sort of ideas and tips on how to help them get through these weeks. Um, so before I end, I'm just going to end with just like a couple, couple reiterations of what I was talking about before. When you have a tough week, if you can do it, try to get an early start on the weekend. 
a half day at least, or even two hours early. I know that there's some times where, um, you know, maybe something's going on and I have to get out of the office at three. That getting out at three instead of five or six or six thirty makes such a difference in your life. It feels like you have an extra day because you have all this evening time. So if you can do that on Friday, it would be great. I had read an article, and maybe it was Sweden, but they talked about what their work weeks were like there. And for the most part, the work weeks were working Monday through Thursday and then off Friday, Saturday, Sunday. If you're in a business where you work Monday through Friday, don't you think that would make a huge difference in your life if instead of working five days, you worked four and then had three off? I think it would. I wish the U.S. would switch to something more like that because I think that there is a lot of cultures, a lot of um, work cultures where they will take a half day on Friday or take it off on Friday, but not everyone is on board. I know for me, the courts aren't on board at all. Um, in Arizona, Fridays take on a little bit of a different meaning. I feel like Fridays um, tend to be a little bit more quieter during the summer because people are trying to get out of the heat. But not always. It's a regular workday. So I can have court, I can have meetings, I can have whatever, and I can't have any control about it. But if I, when I can control it, I definitely try to get in some extra time or some extra hours. Try to take one full day off during the weekend. If you can't do it during the weekend, make it a weekday. Try to have that one day off. Even God rested after on the seventh day. <laughs> like we need rest. We're we're made to need rest. And I've done this in a variety of ways. I have a hard time being flexible. And if I am looking at it a certain way, it's hard for me to look at something a different way sometimes. So I've had, if unless I, ju unless I just want to sit there and work 24 hours a day, I really need to get flexible about this. Like I said, Saturday is the default date because it's the only day where I can't have court the next day and where Sunday is kind of a nice day to be able to get a little bit more rest when you need it, a little bit more catch up sleep, or a minimum not to have an alarm wake you up. That is a, a wonderful feeling when an alarm is not waking you up. Six days of the week when an alarm wakes you up, that's too much. Take a day where you don't have an alarm wake you up. There's a book that I've talked about quite a bit. It's called 1001 Ways to Slow Down, a book a Little Book of Everyday Calm by Barbara Ann Kipfer, K-I-P-F-E-R. <clears throat> I will open it up and I will read like two or three pages just to reset. And I read it in order, but you don't have to because it's not a narrative. And I just wanted to share the page that I was at today. Tip 742, let the sunlight wake you up in the morning. 743, pack your own lunch. 744, 
Pay attention to shadows. 745, let another driver have that parking spot. 746, when confronted by an angry person, simply observe his or her unhappiness and breathe it in. She has a thousand and one tips like this. And I can't even tell you how much it just helps me to to just look at them. And it might be stuff that I'm already doing or things that I've never thought of before. But it just feels good to be mindful of ways to slow down. Okay, I have a couple of reviews and recommendations on some things that I think will be fun for you to watch or read. And one is the movie Captain Marvel. I um, don't know how excited I was about it, really. Um, You know, there's a ton of Marvel movies. They're all generally really good. There's been some really, really good ones in the past year. The Avengers Endgame. Um, nope, that's next month. <laughs> the Avengers that came out last year. Uh, that was a really good movie. The second Guardians of the Galaxy. Black Panther. Um, Thor Ragnarok was great. Ant-Man and, and the Wasp. Like, that was great. Like, all these ones that have been really, really fun. But I just wasn't sure about Captain Marvel. I felt like I wasn't really seeing anything about it. It was going to introduce a brand new character. Um, And it just wasn't on the top of my list. But this weekend, I thought, well, I want to see it because my guess was it was going to be tied in to The Last Avengers coming out in April. And I see all these movies. So like, why aren't I seeing it? Like, so go see it. So I went and saw it. It was very enjoyable. It was a little bit shorter on the Marvel side. It was um, two hours. I felt the first 20 minutes were a little sloggy. It was setting up who she was. um, And then had a giant battle scene that I felt was too long. So there probably maybe was like a good 15 or 20 minutes that they could have could have cut out of it but the movie itself was was pretty tight it was fine that it was two hours it went at a pretty um fast clip like I I was happy with it um it has a bit of a twist in it which was fun I loved Brie Larson as Captain Marvel she was a lot of fun she brought a um she brought a fun aspect to it like she was very chill like I can't explain it she and and a little bit sarcastic and I liked her sort of like Tony Stark but not as snarky if that makes sense and um it did it did have the tie into the other Marvel movies but wasn't you know like for instance the the Captain America Civil War movie was basically like another Avengers movie which is a great movie. I'm not saying there's anything wrong with that. But with Captain Marvel, you don't really have that. You do have Samuel L. Jackson's character um, in it, the Nick Fury character. And so kind of his origin story along with Captain Marvel. And then without spoiling too much, you get a big opening into 
the final Avengers movie. So it's a must-see. Um, I really enjoyed it. Jude Law's in it. He was great. Samuel L. Jackson, great as usual. Um, Clark Gregg, if people remember him from the original Avengers, Agent Coulson, and then he was on Marvel Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. on um, ABC. So he was in it. Um, just very good. Um, a book that I read over the last few days, I, I know everyone has heard me say it before, but I've just really, really been obsessed with the Aaron Hernandez story. I know it's been a few years since he's been dead, but it's just one of those things where I'm trying to figure it out. It's like, how do you have like everything on a silver platter and then lose it all and then tragically kill yourself and then may have killed other people, at least convicted convicted of murder for one person, and then the other people acquitted. And there's so much mystery behind, you know, what really happened and all of that, but in in a bad place or with a bad people. So it's just so fascinating to me. So I read the originally I read the James Patterson book, which um read like a James Patterson book, if if that makes sense. And it was fine. It was good. The second book was the book that was written by his attorney, Jose Baez, who also represented Casey Anthony. I liked that book more. I felt like it was more uh, of an insider view, obviously, because he was his attorney. And the book that I read this weekend, which may have been my favorite of the three, was called The Truth About Aaron by um, Aaron Hernandez's brother, Jonathan, I believe. And this, the, that book broke my heart. I mean, written by his brother, his brother loved him. His brother was his best friend. And you get into a lot more insight into what a tragedy this is. After reading that book and the book by Jose Baez, and then originally seeing um, the movie with Will Smith, um, where he was the doctor that discovered that football was causing the CTE. I can't remember the name of that movie. I might have been called Concussion. I'm not sure. But um, and after seeing that movie, I have a lot of fears about young guys playing football. And like I, I, I've said this before, I'm a football fan. Like I enjoy football. I don't follow it closely, but my family's a big football fan. Um, big a big amount of football fans in my family and when football season rolls rolls around it's football every Sunday and getting together and watching football and oftentimes I'm going over and hanging out with them just because it's a fun thing to do and fun to get together but I do worry about these players and I work worry about these young men getting into it. But I would highly recommend the book, The Truth About Aaron. It's a super quick read. I don't even think it's 200 pages. It reads really fast. I finished it like in a day or two. I also finished the podcast Gladiator, which was about Aaron Hernandez. It follows along very closely with the brother's book um, and then has some... Um, footage, uh, some audio footage from calls Aaron made while in prison and um, gets into a lot. The last few podcasts get into a lot of the players who have suffered from CTE. 
I'd recommend, I have another book that I'll recommend as well. It's called Dreyer's English, D-R-E-Y-E-R-S, apostrophe S. And it's just, I know this will sound weird, but it's a fun book about grammar, punctuation, um, writing, use fragments, um, using but, using and, where you should put commas, where you should put semicolons. It sounds so weird that it can be fun, but it's a really good book. The author was a copywriter for, I can't remember what now, maybe the maybe the New Yorker or the New York Times, um, and just has a lot of helpful tips. Like not, not always tips that are like, this is the way you do it and this is the way you always do it, but sort of tips like, this is how it was always done and this is what's acceptable now and this is how it should be done. Like really, really having you look at it in a modern way. So I recommend that book as well. All right, that's it for me for this week. I will talk to everyone next week and and hopefully be back on track after vacation and the week after vacation. If you want to reach out to me, I'm on Facebook under my name, Instagram, Florence Legally Brunette. That's for Tumblr as well. Twitter, Florence Law. You can also reach me on my website, brummerlaw.com. Thank you so much for listening and have a great week.